Good. Awesome. Josh, you go ahead and you're rolling. Good. Beautiful. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's just do this. Let's just turn our hearts uh, to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord as we get ready to get into the Word this morning. Father, we love you so much. So grateful uh, to gather today and to study and learn from you. Lord, we just ask you that you teach us what it looks like and what it is to belong. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And this morning we're going to just preach and move on. And uh, my goal is to get us out of here in about an hour. And then we'll head on up uh, to Gunnersville Lake. Uh, those that are, again, willing and able to go, it's going to be a fun time to do that and celebrate the 4th of July as a church family. Um, hang out there. I think uh, Miss, Mr. John and Miss Lynette are already there and got us a place reserved. Do remember it's like $8 a carload. Uh, for when we pull into the state park or in that area, right? So if y'all want to kind of buddy up together and ride, you can do that, Kevin. That's fine. And uh, and we'll go from there. Does that make sense? But anyway, go to Matthew chapter 3 <clears throat> this morning. By the way, I'm so thankful that I'm back. Yes. That I am going to stand by his side and interject whatever the Lord puts on my heart that's been on our heart for a long time. Yeah. And just with different things going on, I have... Uh, you know, needed to take breaks or focus elsewhere, but here I am, and I'm just amen. So when, when we, you see me popping yeah. in, that's what, that's what we're doing. Well, and we do that, too. Just, you know, this summer, we're, we're talking about a summer of vision. It's, uh, we're just going to unpack the vision of the church, the things uh, that the Lord is leading us as a church family to do. Uh, and one of that is this with us. We've received two or three separate kind of words from the Lord from separate people all saying the same thing that Selena and I need to make sure that we're ministering together uh, because that's part, and we've known that for some time. Uh, we've hesitated as sometimes we get all asked. Anybody else hesitate or is it just me? Sometimes, remember, uh, hesitation is the leading cause of roadkill, right? <laughs> every, every flattened squirrel you've ever seen hesitated at some point in the journey. Uh, and so uh, just I don't. I don't want to be flat. I don't want to be flat either, so don't hesitate. Uh, and stuff, so we're, we're taking steps of faith ourselves to do this. And the reason why is we believe that it instructs a lot of people. I think uh, it really gives a lot of validation to uh, our ladies uh, because we are called together. Amen. I don't have time to preach a whole message. I probably will in some time teach on that because uh, I know it's a big thing that's here in our culture and circles about um, seems like ladies can do everything but teach. Right? You know, unless we send them overseas, and then they can teach all day long, right? You send them to another country, and somehow that magically all goes away, and um, and they can do all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's so funny. I, I heard a, a minister say this, and I thought it was very cool. He said, you know, if Mary could carry the living word for nine months, right, then my wife can carry a Bible and teach in church. Does that make sense? And so we'll do that. But a lot of that is to also inspire that. In marriage, it's a big thing to make sure that there's equal voice and equal partners. Uh, we teach a lot of this. We teach on marriage. Remember that um, she, as God said, she is my help meet. But that's not to clean the house, cook the food, wash the dishes, wash the clothes. Right? Have I ever taught y'all that? You ever just go through a series of questions? Remember God said Adam and Eve and that Eve would be the help meet, right? So how many clothes was Eve washing? None, because it says they were naked and unashamed, right? So they had... They had no clothes to wash. Really so, so how many how many dishes was Eve cleaning? None, because apparently they were like uh, 
uh, raw foodist, vegan type folks. They just ate from the tree and she didn't cook anything either, right? How many houses was she cleaning? None, because they didn't have one. They lived in a perfect garden, a perfect place, right? At the time, she wasn't raising any kids yet because they hadn't had any. Now, that we knew that was in there from the beginning. So when God said she was a helper, how was she helping? Have you ever thought about that? See, many times we... Yeah, we that's outside of our cultural norms. Right. right? So, you have to. So how was Adam's help meet helping if all the things we considered to be the signs of a lady helping were not actually present? And I'm just going to say, as a lady, this is not, oh, this boy, he needs help, honey. Yeah, that's that's right. not what we're saying. Yeah. And that is the wrong attitude. Oh, yeah. you know, man, they need help. That's, that's a... That's a version of what God instituted at the beginning. Right. There is no husband bashing here, right? Because we honor men and we celebrate women. Right? Well so said. how do we how do we actually help? Yeah. So we help by, by like Eve did with Adam, he she helped fulfill the call of God. Because God's call came upon both of them, right? To expand the garden, to name creation to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to do it and have dominion. That was the command, that was the call of God upon them. And so she brought everything that was hers to that equation, right, so that they could do the plan of God, right? So that's why we talk about it. And again, even with the vision, that's why I really want, it's important that you understand the vision of the Lord for your family. It's important that you understand what has God called you guys to do. Oh, well, I got to go to work, I got to get a paycheck, I got to pay the bills. Yeah. But it's way beyond that. So what is the vision? What is God asking of you and your spouse, your family? What is he asking you guys to build, to expand? Right? And again, I don't, don't have time necessarily for this, but I will take a little bit. It fits. It'll, it'll go yeah. in. But remember that back in Genesis chapter 1, remember the original command of man. Was, and let me practice this on y'all because I'm about to unleash this on a group of men in New Mexico uh, next month. So let me just practice on you guys that are going to do it. So the original command in Genesis, the command for dominion, is a command for ambition. Does that make sense? We're going to change that. It's a command for God literally told Adam young guys, to listen. Yeah, 18 yeah. and younger, listen. Yeah. Where's courage? Yeah, courage. I want you to listen yeah. because this plagues our society. Yeah. Young men who don't have ambition. How many of you have, have you seen right. young men with no ambition? Or struggle to get ambition? How many of you seen some grown men with no ambition? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many have you been seen some, some grown men that are happy to just do whatever's expected and not anymore? Just and just do. Come on now, I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. I'm just trying to be honest. Right? Well, do you understand that from the creation, God gave man a command to be ambitious? Mm -hmm. Can I just paint a picture real quick just with this? Do you understand that it says in the Bible that God made a garden? It doesn't say he gardened the earth. Think about that. God says that God made a garden eastward in Eden. So God planted the seedbed. The rest of the planet was a blank slate. Mm -hmm. 
it could hold what was in the garden, but it was up to man to be fruitful, to multiply, to expand the garden around the world. Do you see that? So God's original command was that we would have kingdom-minded, God-centered, God's will-expressed ambitions. And that is a healthy and a good thing, and we need more of it. Right? That we are able to identify, this is my kingdom ambition. What is my ambition? Before I die, and y'all put me in a box or burn me up, can I tell you my secret? I gotta say, when I, I know, when I, this is my secret, it'll never let this happen, but maybe it will. But I'll be dead, I won't care. But, uh, is, but is, is there's a company somewhere out west, and they'll take your ashes, and they'll make stuff out of it. Like they'll make like little, little like uh, blocks or a little something, right? I said, burn me up, send my ashes to these people, and make six coffee mugs that say, world's greatest dad. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> right? But anyway, but why did I get off on that? I got all these guys. I love, I love messing, you. I love messing you. Oh, but. Uh, there you go. That's right. <laughs> so. That's true. Well, that's, that's another thing. I, I, that's probably more apt to happen. Here comes Kevin. Sorry, we're just going to have fun today. It's the 4th of July. Does that sound good? Uh, it works like this. you got to drop that thing down, and then you got to slide that thing forward. And how many, pa how many pastors does it take to change the batteries? Well, if one of them's an Auburn fan, it takes... <laughs> just kidding, Kevin. Just kidding. Now we're going to talk about not getting offended in church and not. <laughs> That's all. Is that better? Am I on? Yeah, now? he's back on now. I'm back on. So have you ever been, again, you've been to the cemetery. Again, Brad Hall of 1973. Let's say it then says 2073. Lived 100 years. But what happened in the dash? Right. Have you ever thought about that? You go visit cemeteries, and there's a start date and an end date, but there's always a dash. What are you going to do with your dash? What, what will you accomplish for the good of the kingdom of God and the service of the kingdom of man? What will you do in the dash? And God wants us to do more. He wants us to do more than just survive. Absolutely. He wants us to do more than just go paycheck to paycheck. 
He wants us to do more than, what does they say, die and pay taxes. Right, right. Right? He wants us to do more than go to Disneyland. What will you, and guys, that's, what, that's why it's important to know your vision. That's why it's important to seek God for his, remember, we used it as a, as a verse in, in Proverbs, right? That without a prophetic or a revealed by the Spirit of God vision, people live life with no breaks. They don't know what to say yes to, and they don't know what to say no to. They don't know how to stop, and they don't know how to go because they don't have an understanding of the image, the picture, the vision God is painting for them. Does that make sense? And guys, listen, and that's why you get married. You get married so that you can multiply the effect of completing the vision of God. Does that make sense? It's so that two people can can lock up onto the same ambition and go together with your strengths and abilities and your inclinations and personality and mind, we will lock in together and we will create something for the good of the kingdom of God and the service of the kingdom of man. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun. It really is. Does that make sense? You get to stand back and watch God at work through you in other people's lives. Are you kidding me? I mean, that is fun. So with that, let's segue into this for, yes. for our time, because we're now talking about then as the church, our pr- truly our, our top two things as a church, vision-wise, are creating a place where people can belong and creating a place where people can be known. And I am so grateful Ms. Lynette put some stuff up on one of the group meetings and said, what do those things look like? How many of you hear me say that and you wonder what that looks like? Anybody else have that same wondering? Well, good. Well, thanks for the honest hands. I mean, y'all can always play my game. It's all, it's all good. Right? Because we don't know that. How many of you have ever been to a church and you felt like you didn't belong? Everybody's saying, wow, y'all's hands went up fast. Okay, good. <laughs> Let me ask the first question. How many of you are thinking maybe you don't know what belonging looks like? Right? You see how those two things go together. Guys, listen to me. I... I Okay, be nice. Fourth of July. Right. Don't be nice. But I'm going to try not to mention no names. There is no time. There is safety. Okay, yes, ma'am. And so, so, so without mentioning any names, right, you know, we've been involved in places where they looked at you. You know, remember, Brad, you're one of my kids. You're one of my kids. You're You're one of my sons, right? And the moment I no longer serve them, I've never heard from them ever again. Worked at another place. You're like the little brother I never had until I'm not. And then it's painfully obvious you never actually were. Right. Now, please hear me. We've all probably been involved in places like that. They just didn't know what belonging looked like. Because for so much belonging looks like as long as you do good for the place then you belong the moment you no longer do good for the place you no longer belong that is not the family of God nor the kingdom of God now 
belonging also then is not the responsibility of the church to create. The only thing we can do as leaders of a church family is create an atmosphere where belonging can happen. Now don't look at me in that tone of voice. All right. We work to, again, keeping those that are guilty nameless, right? Because they might be watching. Right, I'll never forget, I'm working at a place and a guy comes up and goes, well, Brad, it's your job to make sure my young person has friends. And I said, and they, I said, no, it's your job to teach your little Buford how to be friendly. Yes. And maybe he'll have some friends. Yes. We can but, create an environment. We can have the leadership of the youth group, et cetera, create an environment where Does that make sense? So some of that, so it is a two-way street. One, and we're going to try to unpack that. It's not about, belonging is not about the service that you bring and causes you to belong. Right? However, belonging comes from within us. It's, it's your determination. It's my determination. So now I'm going to say it's our determination that I will belong. I will take responsibility for my sense of belonging. Come on now, y'all. Because otherwise what we do, because y'all have all been, I mean, it, I mean, if you're guilty, y'all raise your hand. Right, but y'all been in places where it's all somebody, well, they didn't make me feel fill in the blank. Does that make sense? Let's look at Matthew chapter 3. Is this okay? Yes, okay. All right. You can say amen or oh me. Amen. All right. Either one is acceptable, right? Matthew chapter 3. This is famous. Jesus is getting baptized. All right. We'll pick up in verse 13 just for the sake of the story. It says, so then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John tried to prevent Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit this to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. And suddenly there came a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and then now this is one of those times there's only one of two instances where god in all three parts was present on earth at the same time it happened here at jesus's baptism and it would happen later on the mount of transfiguration right and so but here god the father's present jesus is present and the holy spirit is present and they're coming down and then God says that famous phrase, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And today we're going to unpack or begin to unpack that phrase. It's going to take us probably a couple of Sundays. But here's my question to you. What had Jesus done before God said that statement? 
think about. So what did Jesus accomplish? What had Jesus done? Before, be, yeah, before he went in, he gets baptized, God shows up. Because how many of you think it would be pretty cool to hear God say, Katie, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. What had, what had Jesus done? So let's say, would we agree then at this point, Jesus has done nothing? We just, but, I would, but, here, but listen to our struggle. I'm telling you, Jesus didn't do Jack Diddley. Jesus ain't preached a message. He ain't healed nobody. He ain't done nothing but be Jesus. And yep, he was an obedient son, sure. Yep, he, he worked in his daddy's carpentry business. Yep, he was just living life. What had Jesus done? What had he accomplished? Nothing. Listen to me. Belonging came from God. Belonging did not come because Jesus had done anything. This declaration came from inside of Heavenly Father. It was his determination that Jesus belonged. Can I give you an yep. example? So I grew up, um, you know, more like in a law-based church environment, and I had a, a stepdad and everything, so I never really knew what it was to be loved not based on what we told you to do, you will get affection and love, etc. But I didn't know anything other than that. To the point where when I married Brad, I was like, please tell me what I need to do to keep this going. Because I know that if I, because I, I found a good thing, right? So I know that if I perform, we're going to be okay. And he's like, uh, no, that's not, it's not, was not based on law. Does that make sense? Well, then fast forward several decades and I finally got to meet my biological father and before he knew anything about me he sat there and he just said I just love you so much I am so proud of you Selena and it dawned on he didn't know what I'd accomplished whether I was good at school or not whether I married well or not like he knew nothing about me this is one of the first conversations we had in person he was proud of me that totally revolutionized my mindset because at the time we were starting to learn more about grace and just being in the love of God because of who we were, not because of our performance in law, yeah. right? That switchover totally revolutionized me. I'm like, if, you know, someone just asked me, do you regret meeting your biological dad? I was like, for that one thing that happened inside of my heart, I have zero regrets. I finally understood from a father's perspective. Well, tell me, but, but, but you asked him, you said, what are you proud about? Yeah. yeah, I said, what are you proud about? You don't even know what I've done. You don't know that I'm like overachieving person, you know, all the things. He's like, I don't have to. You're my kid. That's why I'm proud of you. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right? So from a father, yeah. this recognition.
recognizing that, wow, just because I belong, I now understand what it means to yeah. be completely loved without a list of ifs. Yeah. Right? So now, uh, so yeah. Hey, but listen, so, so now say, so what has Jesus done up till this time? Nothing. 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 What did he do after this time? What do you think helped Jesus do everything? So, but listen, so I want you to think about this. The platform Jesus stepped into, right, is he stepped into belonging with God. And it's that place of belonging, I think, helped activate everything that was on the inside of him. Because he wasn't doing anything so he could belong or feel like he belonged. He literally started what we now know as his ministry. He started it from a place of knowing, I belong. Very good. Does that make sense? Guys, listen. Now, two, two thoughts that came to me thinking about this. Did you know that God, God, our Father, thinks the same way about you? That everyone in here, you could take this same verse. Where God says this to Jesus, remember we said Jesus is the archetype. If we see it in Jesus, we see it in us, right? I love what Chad Gonzalez has been teaching as he's been with us, right? If you want to know what God looks like, who do you look to? Jesus. And if you want to know what you look like, who do you look to? <laughs> right? So if you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. If you want to know what you look like, you look at Jesus. So if God is saying this to Jesus, God is also saying this to you and I. Yes, that's right. This is that's right. my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased before you do anything. because we've been and again because we've been taught listen we've been taught in culture right because again I mean I'm not picking on anything we, we all were raised in what's called outcome based education right go, go make good grades why are you making good grades so you can get yourself a good job why you want to get yourself a good job so you can make yourself some good money and get some good benefits and then after you do that you can get yourself a good retirement and then you can go on a good long term vacation <laughs> right and we've all been trained about outcome-based life right i can say phrases like you know if you scratch my back that's all outcome-based that's 
the kingdom does not work that way. Listen, the kingdom works from this is who you are, and you begin with the end. Does that make sense? You begin, so again, you begin in belonging. So now, this is good. Now, Kevin, did you head up? Sound like you, did you have something to share? All right, write it down and come back to me. It'll be awesome. But, but sure. Yeah, please do mics because we're recording. Thank you to Josh for better recording. So for me, and this is very evident to me as I am not spoken, but when you said that when we look at Jesus and we see the Father and we look at Jesus and we see our Heavenly, that is what lets us know that we look just like God. That's exactly right. And we're made in His image and His likeness. So we can look at Jesus and see those two. That's exactly right. And I know that's very No, that's, that's awesome. No, that's awesome because that's union. Right? How, again, so that's what I say. So, how much does Jesus belong to God? All the way. All the way. 100%. How much do you belong? All the way. Does that make sense? Now, can, how many of us, we talk about this and we think about this, and like you said, it radically changed your life one day to think, wow, that God would say, This is my beloved son, and this is whom I am well pleased. Right? Imagine how much more it would feel if we said that to each other. Come on now. We, 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 we don't, we go vertical real easy. Right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're here. I'm his beloved son, and we got this vertical thing, and this is awesome. Oh, just pour it on me. But I ain't talking about you, Kevin. <laughs> so listen to me. Remember that the point of union is God unified the two axes. He unified the vertical connection with him to the horizontal connection to you. Remember John said, no one has ever seen God at any time. But if we love one another, he is made manifest. Come on. So imagine what you would feel like and what it would feel like if the two people in your life said, this is my friend. I'm well pleased with you. This is my brother. This is my wife. This is my child. Come on, y'all. How many of you you've always wanted to hear that from somebody? In this life. So see, if belonging begins with the predetermination of God, then where does belonging begin here? In my predetermination. Does that make sense? Y'all look at me kind of good. All right. Yes. Well, well, again, I'll I'll pick on something. You going to say something? I was going to say something. Go ahead. So what if... You know, I want to say, this is Brad, my husband, in whom I am well pleased. But that morning, I wasn't very well pleased with him. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we have friends or brothers and sisters or husbands or wives, and we're just like, well, if they just would X, then I'd be so pleased. Right? But that's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. I mean, he might have some special needs. I might have some special needs. How about we all have some special needs? Right? 
And the fact that God has us belong to him, whether, see, that's the whole performance thing, whether we perform well or not, whether we're getting it right yeah. or not, whether we're understanding how this thing works or not, we still belong to him. He said so. And that is what gives us the, the grace and the freedom to go, okay, if I belong to you, I want to rise to the occasion. Yeah, very good. I want to rise to the occasion. I want to, I want to uh, make good on this belonging thing. Yeah. Right? Well, well, we're going to tell two stories. Some of y'all might have heard them from Selene and I's life. Is that okay? I'm going to tell stories from our life just because I can't tell your story yet. <laughs> right? But I, does that make sense? So I'm not, this is just our story. So... We're first married, right? Have y'all heard this story before many of you? We're newly married. It's like the first two years, year and a half, two years. You know, we'd be there. We'd be cuddling, right? You know where everybody, every man wants cuddling to go somewhere, right? Y'all remember that? Just trying to keep it as PG as I know how, okay? But we're there, we're cuddling, you know what I mean, all this kind of stuff. And the question would come, and the question would be, Why do you love me? Why do you love me? Right? There's a knowing chuckle in the room. Why? <laughs> Do you love me, right? Why do you love me? She'd ask, and, and again, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but bless God, I am in the drawer. And I knew two things, right, from this. I knew, A, this is not the time to start making stuff up. Can't be, be exaggerating the truth or flat out lying. Come, come on, right? And I knew, for whatever reason, you can't use the same answer twice. <laughs> And, and all I can say is that's just by and all the ladies, is that not an agreement? Right. The Holy Ghost knowledge, I just knew <laughs> in my heart, I knew. I had a knowing, yes. right, that I, that I can't start making stuff up and I can't use the same answer twice. So I'd begin to, well, I love you because of this. And I love you because of this. I begin to, and about every, I don't know, couple of months or whatever, the question would come. Remember, I was coming from a paradigm of performance based. Yeah. Right? So, and then the question would come, why do you love why, and I'd come, I'd do, and finally, about a year and a half, maybe two years into our marriage, I am all out of answers. Like, because I knew, I still knew I couldn't start making stuff up, can't use the same answer twice for no, whatever reason. Remember. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, if that little duplex is still standing on our sister street in Broken Air, Oklahoma, we were on the right-hand duplex, you walk into the front door, you go down the hallway back bedroom on the right, I shut the door and knelt down next to the guest bedroom and said, Jesus, help me with this woman. That's the first time I ever seriously prayed as a husband. Now listen, husbands, you need to take a clue. Yeah. You need to be asking God about the one you got. Let me say that one more time. Because yeah. Peter said, he said, husbands, dwell with understanding with your wives. Yeah. So I'm not praying about wives in general. I'm not, again, you know, I know always the big thing, you know, you know, if we could understand the mystery of women. I just want to know this one. That's right. I'm not trying to understand all women, just the one that I got. That's it. But I'm going with understanding. So I'm going back to the manufacturer. Okay, Lord? <laughs> you made her. You made her. Right. Help How does this out. one work, right? I mean, yeah. How does this one work? That's right. And so I'm praying, and for real, I said, dead serious. I'm praying, Lord, I know question is coming. I'm all out of answers. I can't start making stuff up, and I can't use the same answer twice. What do I tell her? And just on the inside, that same knowing, as we talked about on Thursday, I just knew God said in my knowing, he said, just tell her it's because you took to me. And 
remember internally going, well, God, that's not very romantic. Because remember, I'm wanting us to go somewhere. Right? And I realize that that answer is going to be a showstopper. You know what I mean? And he, and he says, just tell her it because you picked her. I just knew. So I get up. Sure enough, a week or two later, there we are with cuddling. So why do you love me? Because I picked you. That's not very romantic. And that's exactly what I say about how the transaction went. <laughs> I looked at her and said, because I picked you. And she stopped dead still and she goes, that is not very romantic. And I said, I know that's what I told God. <laughs> but it started a 20-something year conversation yes. about what we're talking about. Yes. Because what the Lord taught me was, is, son, as long as your love is based on something either she is that may change or can do that may change or can be that may never happen, then you strap her to her. But if you make love an act of your will, you'll free her. And now, honestly, the, the, what marriage looked like, like both of us did not, ha- neither one of us had marriage this way yeah. modeled to yeah. us by anyone anybody. in our life. Not even our parents, not, but like nobody. And so we were in uncharted territory. And and the marriage we had before that, it's like, you know, the honeymoon stage and all things. No, we were things. married to each other, not like a marriage to No, no. You were saying the marriage, our marriage before. So the marriage moment. before that moment, right, was was still in that other paradigm. And it was what we thought was normal, right? But the moment this started happening, we started engaging in marriage at a whole other level. And it started becoming beautiful, fulfilling, enriching, life-giving, purpose-filled. I mean, I get fun. I can't tell you. And, you know, the first years, you're just getting to know each other and whatever. And sometimes sparks fly, right? But from that moment on is really the pivotal moment when everything started changing. Because it was no longer about my performance or his performance. It was now based on something much greater. And it's like we stumbled upon God's design for marriage. How it works. How it actually works. So so y'all see that. Can you imagine how freeing that is? If the love that we give is based on my choice, not their response. It's based on my choice. Why do I love my wife? Because I have chosen to love her. Because if I love her because she's beautiful, and she is, but if I love her only because she's beautiful, what happens one day if she's not? If I love her because she can do X, Y, or Z, well, what happens if she loses that ability? If I love her because she can perform X, Y, or Z, well, what happens if she's in an accident and she's paralyzed and she can't do that anymore? See, if I put responsibility on her that it's up to you to do whatever in order to be loved and belong. now we switch and belong y'all see where we're going with this well then now I've doomed her to fail it's just a matter of time just a matter of time sticking time bomb so now think about that when we talk about belonging if 
I put the responsibility on you as long as you perform a certain way, as long as you say amen at the right spot, as long as you give appropriately in the offering, as long as you do whatever, then you can belong. It's doomed to fail. And guys, there are other churches, you know, I, I have a very close relative who mm -hmm. has forever served in church world. Yeah. And they literally feel like unless they are serving at a major degree, they'll never get pastored, they won't be loved on, they won't be taken care of. But so you got to get in there and really serve because that's when you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And so that's not at all biblical. Yeah. Right? So they're bound by this whole performance thing and I'm just exhausted after all these years and I still don't feel like, so when is it enough? When is your service enough and all this? It's just law. Does that make sense? So let's look at this. So back to verse 17 here. Matthew chapter 8. I'm good. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe save that other story later. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know. Thank you. But we're going to take a shift now. Did you have something? Did you have something? Well, if you want to. You just had that look. I was just giving you a chance. Just earlier when we were talking about belonging, as I put the microphone up to my mouth, <laughs> this just kind of hit me. It's like, so I am chosen, therefore I belong. Because I belong, I am accepted. Because I am accepted, I am valued. Because I am valued, I have confidence. Because I am confident, I am, I am ambitious. Because of all of these, I succeed. Dude, you're going to put that in the group me, please, so I can have it in my notes. Because that, no, please, I mean, like. Right now. Oh, your phone's up there. As soon as that's free, <laughs> I want you to say that again out there. And we all, that is absolutely dead on. Does that make, listen, do you see how that begins? Does it? Okay, I gotta not get ahead of myself. So, verse 17, we're going to unpack this phrase from Father God. I want you to underline the first two words. This is. Who made the determination of that? God did. Why do you hear that? Father God said, this is. He said it. Jesus didn't pass him a note and say, hey, can I be your son? Check yes or no. <laughs> Do you like me? <laughs> Come on. Will you be, he didn't send a friend request on Heavenly Facebook. Hey, will you follow me? No, God said, this is. This is my life. He is my son. She is my daughter. She is my daughter that's walking in with a cup in her hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Listen, who will you claim? Who will you quote unquote own? Who will you choose? Does that make sense? Because belonging begins with these first two words. This is. I find it very telling in our culture today that we don't do introductions anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why people don't know how to belong and how to introduce very people. Very good point. And 
so when you walk up to like you know when you walk up to a group of people and say hey this is my friend so and so I can feel the weight of those words and sometimes if I'm not sure what we are I'm like right like this this is so and so just their name you know (laughs) this is not my anything this is just so and so and so just notice notice the next time that you walk into a group of people that maybe you don't know or you're bringing someone in and prepare your declaration of who this is like i feel like that's lost in our our society today you know and people don't, don't even do introduce. That. They just walk up and kind of start talking and it's like everybody's just supposed to know it's me being Guatemalan that that trips all my triggers. Like in our culture you can't speak to me unless we've been formally introduced. Right? It's like the Jane Austen days. Literally it is. You you cannot even speak to me unless someone that I know and if you want to meet me you have to go to someone I know and then they introduce you. You go ask them, please introduce me to Selena. That's how that works. Why? Because then they can say, Selena, I want you to meet so-and-so. This is my, okay, now we have a connection. If not, we have nothing to stand on. So me walking up to just a group of people with like zero introductions, I'm like, who am I? What are we doing here? Who are you? How are y'all connected? Like magically, I'm supposed to know that couple and those were a couple so don't even go there and like magically I'm supposed to know this right and, and you don't so so just like keep that in mind the next time and just like put that step forward to introduce yeah what I was going to say well as we come closer in and y'all think we're going to take a little while to unpack all this because there's a ton this is one phrase from God yeah. and, and there's a there's almost a and there's just a boatload of stuff in this verse Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really letting Holy Spirit work with me here. Uh, and so, does that make sense? There's just a ton in this verse. But listen, can we do that? What Selena just said, I was going to, she actually didn't know that, but that's where, as a church family, mm-hmm. right, go deeper than somebody's name. Yes. Remember, we said we want to build a place where people belong and where people are known. And I've gotten more questions on, well, well, what do you mean by being known? This is what I'm talking about. Because anybody can know Alicia's name. Right. But does, do they know who she is to me? That's right. See, again, and I would say, this is one of my daughters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that means you are my son. It's got to be, guys, it's got to be real, and it's got to be deep, and it's got to mean something. I told you before, I've had people lie to me. You're my son. No, I'm, if I am, I'm a bastard. You're my, you're my little brother. Well, I'm so glad I'm not. Because bless your heart, you don't know how to do jack. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Right? Mm-hmm. Again, this, that's Kevin, my best friend. 
my co-worker, my co-laborer. Right? You understand? So these things, when we talk to each other, let it mean something. And listen, and go to God until it means something. I'm not saying make nothing up. Again, we, I just gave you two examples in my life where they, they probably meant it as deep as they knew how to go, but about only an inch worth of deep is all they could give you. Right? But, but go to God and let God guide you and lead you and give you people so that you can say things with depth and belonging and knowing. That make sense? Yes. Hey guys, listen. You are my church family. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? If I've never said this before, I apologize. If I am going anywhere, you're welcome to come with me. Yes. If it ever is anything where it's, for whatever reason, it's restricted, I'll let you know, and I'll always let you know, and I'll be ashamed that I, have, I can't let you come. Not because of you, but because I'm so sorry. This is one place I can't take you. I'm not in charge. Right. But if I'm in charge, you're coming. You can come. If you want to come, you're coming. If you want to yeah. go again, I'm going to a men's conference in New Mexico. It's going to be stinking awesome. Mm-hmm. If you want to go, just let me know. Yeah. Well, I was saying is. I don't want to get too far ahead. Listen to me. So, remember Jesus had 12 dudes. Yes. Right? Remember, he seemingly repeatedly said, Peter, James, John, you're with me. Now, was he just being cliquish? Was he just being mean? All you you other nine little knotheads? Right? Y'all can't go because y'all aren't as cool as these three. (laughs) No, I personally think, and I'm trying to look as far as Peter, James, and John, there was something in them, they wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. They They, they, they were like, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, somebody I preached about my friend Paul, right? He was, Selena was talking to somebody, and we noticed Paul was like edging in, (laughs) going, what y'all saying? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just gonna kind of, I'm just gonna kind of nose myself up over in here, uh-huh. and just uh, see. That's the response of knowing you belong. That's right. That's right. So, see, belonging always has an extension of grace that starts it, and it's looking for the response. Remember, we said that for months now. The communion table. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus provided everything on the table. That's grace. Faith is the response to come and receive what has been provided. Belonging works the same way. Yes. Belonging is first extended out from us, and it waits to see the response. See, again, in marriage, it's the same way in marriage. Even though we have privileges physically with each other, Right? But there's always an extension, an invitation of belonging that's looking for response. Absolutely. That's why, if, guys, if I can say this, men, you are the great initiator. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I am the initiator. Yes. <laughs> Come on. I yes. am the, why? Because the Bible says God initiated. Right? We love we love God. Why? Because he first loved us. So we love God. Why? Because we first he first loved because us. Because he we love God. Why? He first loved me. You see, God showed you the pattern, guys. Yes. Love first. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yes. You want you want respect? Love first. Yes. Yes. Come on. You want what you want? Give affection first. Yes. Come on. I love y'all. Right? You want to belong? You have to give belonging first. Yes. You see it. You want to belong somewhere? You want to belong? Are you giving belonging? Yes. Remember God throughout the scriptures, he told us everything is built on sowing and reaping. Good. I know. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. What time is dinner at my house? Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. What? So another thrill. What time is dinner at my house? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Saturday, Sunday, six o'clock. I would say Tuesday and Thursday, but we're we're all busy now. We're somewhere Tuesday and Thursday. Right? But every other day of the week, when's dinner? Six o'clock. What's my address? (laughs) Right? What's my phone number? I think she belongs to you. She belongs. No, listen to me. That's what that looks like. Sacrifice. It does. I, you mean I have to memorize things? Well, you, you, have mean, to you mean you mean I gotta like say no to certain things to come to dinner at your place? Only and if you drive come. after yeah. work and it's long and oh my goodness. Only if you want to come. Does it, do, you, do, you, do you understand that? See, that's what that looks like. Does that help at all? And those who will engage with your belonging. Right, they get more of you. Yes. Not because you're withholding from others, but because again, love never forces itself. You remember? That's right. You've heard me say before, God is not a rapist. Right. Right. He is not forcing himself upon anybody, but he has extended the hand of belonging. He has extended the hand of love. And he's waiting for our response to what he extended. Will I respond? And right? he'll take you where you're at. Like if you stay at the, that superficial level, he yeah. wants more. He wants more, but he'll be but happy. But he'll be, he'll be happy. But if you go deeper and deeper and deeper, he knows how much it'll bless you. Yeah. He knows how you will be able to engage with all the, the blessings he's planned for you that you don't even yeah. imagine are there for you. 
right? But you ha- you have to kind of go after it as well because he's already against that innovation. Yeah. So Does that make sense? That, okay. So real quick, we're going to kind of la- start landing the plane. We're going to have to unpack. Everybody okay? Everybody looks. Everybody doing all right? Everybody, everybody all right? Everybody still love me? Everybody still good? I know. I might face challenging things in the coming days, right? Because again, like what Selena said, because that's the the response of love is sacrifice. Now, our sacrifice doesn't create the love. No. But when real love and true belonging are given, it creates within itself the atmosphere of sacrifice because it's going to be Again, this is again, this is something we have to. Have you ever wondered why young people are not as committed anymore to doing stuff? Have you ever noticed that? Because I'm I'm the only old guy. I've noticed. I've noticed. Right, and I've talked to some of our young people, not not here. I mean, other young people, and I said, I noticed you're about as as wishy washy. (laughs) You know, you're like, well, I don't know if we're going to go do this or that or the other, and I don't. You're very non-committed. Oh, why? And I'm afraid that if I say yes to this thing, I'm going to miss out on something else. And they call it the proverbial, what do they call it, FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out, right? Well, if I say yes over here, what if a better option comes up? And I don't know what to do. (laughs) So you end up not doing anything. So you end up doing nothing. Because you're half over here and half over there, and you're not really engaging anywhere. See, only the see the response. It does two things. It will instantly create sacrifice because you will have to choose. Yeah. You will have to make a choice to respond, but in doing that, it will instantly create life mm-hmm. because sacrifice always brings life. Yeah. That's the pattern throughout all history. Yeah. So you have to stand back, and that's why, as you know, I say this because. We talk about, Elisa was saying, what does this look like? Guys, listen, when you begin to allow God to lead you and show you who he's leading and guiding you to, it makes decision-making easier. Can I give an example? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have, our, we homeschool our kids, and there's two co-ops, one very academic that we basically get all our school work done, and then there's another we just joined this coming year, that's more going to be like for community and fun and, and playful, more playful things. Well, it, neither one of those communities have I ever really belonged as a mom. Like I want my kids to learn things and I want them to have those experiences. But as a mom, I don't really, really belong in both of those communities. And so all of a sudden, our gals here at church were like, well, we know you've got like two other co-ops, but we really would like to do this, that, and the other and get together and I said, absolutely, yes, you have all of me, whatever you want, I will help with whatever. And in fact, you know, I used to, as a business, teach Spanish online. And, um, you know, they've hinted around at the other co-ops, well, maybe we could do some Spanish, you know, this, that, and the other. And I've always just kind of been like, well, I'll see how much they really want it. Because at this point, I, it's a big, it's a big ask, right? So I'm not... They're not really asking, they're just poking it with a stick. So I'm just going to let them poke it with a stick until they really ask. Well, nobody's really asking. And so then I'm going to say my girls, you know, my, my gals here at the church were like, well, I mean, if you'd like to teach them, we'd love to have that with our kids and us. And we would, 
I'm like, okay, yes. Okay, that easy? Yes. That easy. Why? Because you belong to me. Because I belong to you. So it made that kind of a decision easy, easy instant. Well, I know that the time thing. No, it, that's not even an issue. Why? Because you guys belong to me. I belong to you. Um, hey, Selena, can we can we meet for coffee? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know you're busy, and I haven't wanted to ask. What's the one thing I say? When you guys say that, what do I say? That's why I'm here. I am for you. Yeah. Now, other people outside of this sometimes ask, and you know what? They don't. They get my busy schedule. I'm not gonna go out of my way and have coffee with them because they don't belong. They just want some information. I can just, you know what? Send them a voice text. They, they want the information, they can have the information. I'll be generous with that. But they don't get me. They don't get my time. Yeah. Right? And so that's an illustration. What does yeah. that look like? It looks just like that. Yeah. You were mentioning something earlier, and you said uh, something along the lines of we need to change your thinking on this. I don't know exactly how you said it, but we have this only And what helps is understanding when you belong. Does, does that make sense? See, belonging helps so much for you to make decisions. Again, if y'all don't know this, y'all's numbers, all the ones I have, are in my phone. And when your name comes up, you interrupt all kinds of stuff. Which is not a bad thing, but you belong. Does that make sense? I will do things for you guys that I don't do for others because you belong. Y'all hear this okay? I'm not trying to make this sound aggrandizing or self-serving. I'm, what am I trying to? How many of you, this sounds at all intriguing? You would kind of like to have more of this. I mean, just curious. If you don't and you're happy where we are, I mean, we can just keep going. But how many of you are like going, I really would like more of that, please? Like, like, please, sir, may I have some more belonging? <laughs> so we all do remember why, because belonging, once you get past food, shelter, clothing, and the basic needed things for survival, we know the third and the next one that comes right behind that is belonging. It is one of humans' greatest needs is to know I belong. Even here, when you hear, those are my people, my peeps, my dudes, my girls, yes. my posse, whatever kind of. My tribe. My brotherhood. Yes. This is my brotherhood. I right? need to say something. Uh -huh. So a lot of times, if it's a new area for me, I don't actually know that I need it until I start getting into it. And then it's like I'm taking a sip of water from a fire hydrant. I did not realize how much I needed this. I am so thankful God in his loving patience kept leading me to this, kept leading me to this, kept being patient with me, putting up with my whining. Well, that's new. I don't understand it. I don't know if I should do that. I don't. And the whole time he's like, come on. This is, you know. You need this. You need 
the brotherhood of valor. You need that brotherhood, men. You need to get together. Whether you realize it or not, whether you think you do or not, you actually do. And the moment you start taking a taste, a nibble of what is possible, you will start to realize everything inside of you will start longing for it. Moms, all of us, we need that community. What we're doing right now, we actually have needed it ever since we started the church. But we just weren't there yet. We weren't ready. There were some key players that are now here, etc. But we all needed this, right? I've known I needed something like this for my own kids for two years. And they've been asking, and I've been like, well, we don't have the right group of people yet. So I know there's a need there, but we don't have the people yet. Wait until the people come in place and then see God do this. And God is in the middle of doing this right now. But we needed it. So I want to I want to kind of lovingly grab you and just give you a shake and go, wake up. You really need what we're talking about here, whether you realize it or not. With all the love in my heart, wake yeah. up yeah. and start taking it yourself because God has so much more that is possible on the other side of you doing whatever it takes to engage there's so much more yeah. I can't you know for your own specific life I'm not sure all the things but God has been showing he's been giving you glimpses and he will give you even more glimpses the moment you engage yeah. Yeah. right and so I, I just you all especially you teens Kids, you guys need, you needed that youth group. You needed it. You needed it for your spiritual growth. I have seen you guys flourish and blossom and start to grow in the things of God and your awareness and your spiritual walk because now you have this. Well, you might have not known that you needed it before, and thank God for parents who are bringing you along, but you need it. So now when you come, engage. Engage to a whole other level. Don't just, well, we come, we eat, we hang out, we have fun, we leave. No, engage. Get to know one another more. Realize that you belong. When you introduce each other, you know, this is my brother from our youth group kind of a thing. This is my sister. This is my friend. This is, start to really own the things that we're talking about. And you'll see that you guys become leaders to all kinds of kids who are longing to belong. They are longing for what you have. It's gold, what you have, right? Couples, when we start engaging and stuff, other couples will see it and go, I need that. How do we get that? And that's how we're mirroring Christ in the church. Absolutely. Very good. Hold on. Katie, do you want to say something? really be lasting. And I wanted to say what you what you were talking about with the youth. Um, it's been very organic. Guys, it's been very organic, the growth that has happened in you. I mean, it hasn't been anything Nick or I have really had to strive for or try. It's all been a sense of belonging of y'all have each other and y'all have each other's back. It's not because of our teaching and it's not really even because of our leadership. It's because we said yes and y'all said yes. So. Very good. 
Well, let's do this. We're going to end with this, and I'm going to ask you for your homework for this week, okay? Your homework is this. I want you to begin to create, whether you physically do it, I would recommend, a list of who are your people, but who are they? So you can sit back and say, okay, yeah, this is their name, but who are they? Again, this is Selena. This is my wife. This is my helper. This is my partner, right? This is, this is Caleb. He is my son, right? Does that make sense? So this is Kevin. He's my friend. He's my fellow laborer. And begin to, to list out prayerfully, right, who people are in your life by God, but with the attitude of, I'm going to own them. Y'all know what I mean by that. I don't mean slavery. I don't mean abuse. I don't mean, you know, any weird thing that comes. Define ownership. Okay. So, so, so again, so, so, so Kevin is my best friend. He is my co-pastor with me. Right? He is my co-laborer. That means what that looks like is, is everything that's in me is for him. Everything I will pour and empty everything God has shown me in all these years into him. If he wants it. Right? right? It means I will push him. Lovingly challenge. Lovingly, I will challenge him. It means I will let God talk to me about him yes. to help guide that push, to give me a knowing, to know how to steward. Does that make sense? It means I'll have difficult conversations if needed. Which means we get out of our own comfort zone. Right. Like it's not a cakewalk either. The moment you commit to own someone in that sense, you're also committing to doing hard things. What does that mean? means I am committed to his success. I become owner with him of his success. So it means I need to know what is his vision, what is his dream, what is his goal, what are his obstacles. Does that make sense? So so what does that look look like that? Amen. Mm -hmm. Looks like I support And, not, and again, here's my thing, and this is the part, now again, I'm going to be just real transparent, right? And not because I'm the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, yeah, right. it's not because, well, well you gotta, yeah, Brad, you got to do that, you're the pastor. you got to show up because. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It means if for whatever reason Kevin decides to leave, the commitment for me stays. Listen, there are people I still pastor even though they're not here anymore. Mm -hmm. Because why? Because I said this is Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Not this is because they're here. But this is because I, I went to God and I prayed and God said guard them. Remember, it says for me, I, and I, then I apply all this. If this helps you, Alicia, I apply this to my gifting. God says as a pastor, 
right? He says you are to keep and tend their soul and you will give your portion. I love it. Does it used to scare me? Doesn't anymore. But it just means that when I can look back and I can attach my this is to someone, I have put my commitment there. Just like I did when I married her. My commitment was is I will love you. Why? Because you are my wife. And I need no other reason than I have chosen you. I have picked you to be my wife. So therefore, I will love you as you want to be loved, as you need to be loved, as you will be known to be loved. Does that make sense? I want to address something just really quickly. Real quick, yes. Very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of us are early adopters, and some of us are drag RCs people. Okay? (laughs) And that's fine. It's just, that's That's just the way it is. is. And we, we, we have noticed that that's the way it is, and, and still choose and love regardless of whether they're early adopters or they're drag RCs. And so like for example in our relationship a lot of times I'm the drag RC he's the drag RC and and I'm the early adopter. We've talked about it like in the health <laughs> aspect and all of that, right? Like for twenty five years I've been preaching healthy, healthy, healthy and he was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like come on, everything that comes down the pipe that's new and good for us, I'm like there. And he's like, okay. So that means we have to now strain of every nerve yes. to walk in that <laughs> unity, okay, in that bond of peace. Yes. And the ones that are dragging their feet need to go, why am I dragging my feet? I belong. Yeah. Why, why in this area, why am I dragging my feet? I belong. Yeah. And the early adopters need to pray for them yeah. and, need to, and need to lovingly challenge, okay, bud, you're, you're dragging your feet. Do you yeah. see that? Do you see that on the other side of you engaging, there's all this light. Yeah. There's all this goodness, right? Yeah. Alicia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, well and, and here, and can I, I'll pick on us just for a little bit. So, uh, they were over at the house uh, last weekend, and I could tell, okay, I have rubbed Felicia's cat backwards again. <laughs> Don't know how I did it. Don't know what I did or didn't do or what I said or didn't said, but but I could look across the table and go, yep, I feel it, and I see it. There it is. So I, I remember. Said, Brad, what did you do this time? And I looked up and I and and I love it. I looked. I said, so um, what do I need to make right here? What's going on? And and you're being all nice and southern and like, oh, nothing. It's all. And Kurt's over there going. <laughs> <"Give him a." laughs> so later we sat down and we talked afterwards and I said hey talk to me right because I can't make things right if we don't know yeah. and so part of what is that ownership because I value us 
so much. Right. And I value that union so much, it's worth the hard conversation. Absolutely. Because I had no idea what she was going to say. Right? You're kind of like, uh, you know, and kind of, uh, uh, yes. you know, cause, and here, here's sometimes why it's hard, because sometimes you're going to come, and man, if I can make it right and it's better, man, I'm going to do it. But you may come up to me and go, Brad, I, I'm again, I don't like your face. I can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> the bag over my head. I mean, I <laughs> listen to the audio. I don't, I mean, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't, there's certain, I may not be able to fix everything. But, but I'll never know what I can or can't do until we talk and we can bring things out. Does that make sense? And so that's what that, why, because of the sake of my this is, because my this is is so important to me, not just to you. Right. Does that make sense? So you, why? Because we belong. Now, there's more. Real quick, Romans, we're, we're going to look at four things, and it's going to take us some, a couple, three weeks. We've already talked about this is people are longing for affirmation. But their affirmation isn't you telling them something about them. Affirmation is you telling them what you're going. Affirmation is them hearing your this is. Right. That's affirming. Why? Because it anchors everything. Mm -hmm. Right? Because even though I could tell and did for two years tell Selena all the marvelous things, she wasn't affirmed until I said, my this is, is I love you. And that affirmation anchors. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so this is kind of like a path we're going to look. So this is how do we get to belonging and being known? There's affirmation. We talked about it this morning. We'll talk about it some more. The next one is, is affection. Love that is not expressed is not love. Exactly. <laughs> Again, it's like that classic, well, you know, I told you I loved you 25 years ago. <laughs> if, I, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> right? So love that is not expressed is not love. Love without affection is, listen to me, love without affection is unlovely. There must be affirmation. There must be affection. There must be clear identity. Yes. And when you have affirmation, affection, and clear identity, you get to a place called pleasure. Yes. Do you see that's what God did? He gave affirmation. Mm -hmm. He gave affection. He gave identity. And then he says, and I'm pleased. You know why most people aren't pleased with each other? Because they haven't done the first three things yet. That's right. There's been no this is. There's been no clear understanding of affection. There's been no identity. That's right. So they're left. When you so don't good. have those, you're left with displeasure. So good. Because you don't know. You don't know what you're committed to. You don't know how to express it. And you don't know who they are. So you're displeased. You start backing up. <coughs> I don't know what to do with you. I don't, know, I don't know what to do with that. So this week, we're going to get ready to go to the, to the park. Thank you all for your time. Thank you for the input. Is this, was this helpful at all? 
don't think we're very good for teaching time. I know, but there's some power in this for not only our church family, but for your life. Because this ripples out to all your areas. Amen. So this week, what I want you to do is prayerfully identify people. Who are they? Do you know their name? It begins there, but do you know who they are? Who are they to you? Right? And as you do that, I want you then to begin to tell them that. I want you then to begin to, when you're in places like this or you're in other places and you're with these people and you go to introduce people, you don't just say, this is Selena. You actually say the most important thing you say your this is. Hey, this is Selena. This is my wife. This is my partner. Right? This is my lover. Then this is who this is. Does that make sense? And you, and you connect that. Right? Because it creates literally belonging. Amen? Amen. Lord, we love you so much. Teach us how to do this. Show us, Lord God. I know it's going to look different. And so maybe for, for, for some of us or most of us, this is might be just wow, radical thinking. But Lord, help us to, to, to wrestle with it. Help us to see how to apply it. Help us to see how to apply it.